Black Girl Gnome creates space for women of color to breathe easy. We promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. This is Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory. And thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Hey y'all, it's Lauren Ash. I am so excited about this episode's abundant sponsor. Uh, Thrive Market, their mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They offer an amazing online membership club for healthy living. Um, For a super affordable price, you get amazing prices, 25 to 50% off the normal retail prices for um, really great organic, non-GMO, healthy options. So definitely stay tuned for my chat with Natalie later on, but know that you can go online right now and save. Go to thrivemarket.com slash BGIO for 25% off of your first order. This is our second to last episode of the season. So sad, but so happy. I know. Bittersweet. All the things. All the things. All the things. Yeah. Um, and one conversation that we really wanted to make sure that we had before the end of season mm-hmm. two was about mindfulness. Absolutely. Which is so important. It's an important aspect of wellness. It is. Yeah. It really is. So I feel like this term gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just like self-care and self-love and wellness do. Right. So I think what we are interested in doing with this conversation with a good friend of ours who we'll be introducing shortly is debunking it, making it accessible, making our community aware of how you can really practically put mindfulness into your everyday lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe before we get into our special guest today, you and I can kind of just share (laughs) how mindfulness shows up in our lives. (laughs) You want to start? Yeah, I'm going to start. That's why I'm laughing. (laughs) Y'all, I had a crazy weekend. Um, So I recently relocated um, to Hyde Park, which is Hyde Park, Kenwood area in Chicago, which is where the Obamas um, were located. Hey. Hey. Yeah. He's always my president. Girl, seriously. Always and forever. conversation. Yes. (laughs) But, um, like, the space is just gorgeous. Everything is just fantastic. Black people is just magic everywhere. Anyway, so, man, so my husband and I were moving on the hottest day in Chicago, like Saturday. Um, and everything that could have gone wrong literally went wrong. Like, out of all days, my car decided to just die on me. Um, A little kid picked up some of my furniture and threw it. Which is just (laughs) the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. (laughs) The most ridiculous thing. Um, What else happened? Um, I live on a a third floor, and there's no AC in my unit, and we ain't had no fan. It was just out (laughs) of control. I was like, I'm sweating. Um, You know, my car is dead. Kids are throwing my furniture like bro like how can you practically like how can you practice mindfulness in a sick psychotic you know scenario like this um and I know for me I mean I'm in a relationship with my husband and when you're in a relationship both of you can't be down at the same time Mm. you know what I'm saying because you have to 
hold each other up. Somebody yeah. has to be stronger in that moment. Um, and so I definitely was. My husband was like, nah, like this heat is like not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just tried to keep a positive perspective. I'm like, you know, even though it's hot, I've been asking for this heat yeah. because it's so cold in Chicago, you yeah. know? So I was like, Dion, you should be grateful for that. Yeah. One. And then it was beautiful. People were walking and then just seeing these people enjoy themselves really just impacted the way I felt about the day, you know? Um, And then also it's like, you're moving into an apartment that you've always dreamed of having. You know what I'm saying? Even though it ain't got no AC, which you can totally go get from Home Depot or something. um, This is still something that you've wanted for such a long time. And you should not let these stupid little, you know, incidents ruin your entire day. It's like totally not worth it, you know? That's beautiful. So... Um, even though it was crazy, my husband and I went out and, and celebrated the fact that we got to move into this amazing location with like all of these black people and this gorgeous, quaint, you know, cozy apartment. Um, and we went out to eat and the next day, you know, we got free Chipotle, which was a dub. <laughs> a dub is a win. <laughs> and Translation. Then, yes. <laughs> and then we caught this massive sale at West Elm. So we, we bought our first little grown up couch, um, which I'm so excited about. It's so beautiful. I was like, oh, my God. Y'all, yes. I'm so inspired. Like you do. ugly cried with joy. I, you know, I did. <laughs> I, you know, I did. Um, so you know, that was. I mean, I guess that was just how I applied uh, mindfulness. Just being mindful of the blessings and the yes. abundance yes. Uh, surrounding me, and not necessarily blowing these small things out of proportion. Because yeah. your perspective is your reality, like yes. we talked about last time. Yeah. So yeah. You know what I love about this, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later. We should talk about it later that you didn't like suppress what you were feeling, you know, like you were still probably frustrated absolutely, and annoyed and mad and you had the right to be all those things, mm-hmm. especially with the kid throwing your furniture yeah. or your car breaking down. But you rather decided it was an active choice absolutely. to be mindful of all of that and still be grateful mm-hmm. and still move forward and still be positive. Mm-hmm. I love that. So let's talk about that later. Oh, okay. So (laughs) (laughs) she's like, ooh. (laughs) So um, for me, so I this past year have been like guiding more mindfulness experiences for and with other people. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, it of course has made me reflect more on my own practice, you know, my own mindfulness, like my personal mindfulness practice. And um, I recently went on a trip. I, I talked about it a little last episode, but I went on a trip to Hawaii. It was a beautiful experience, definitely a blessing. And um, before going on that trip, I made a conscious decision to cultivate mindfulness by writing down a series of intentions for mm-hmm. that trip. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just go and just kind of go day by day and be be go with the flow about it I wanted to be very intentional about shaping my experience you know yeah so one of my main intentions that I wrote down was to be present and I think that we hear this a lot being present being present being present for me that had very tangible action steps along with it Mm -hmm. being present for me as an as an extrovert and as like someone who's very social and very excited and stimulated by everything around me meant that I would have to be a more active listener Not that I'm not a listener in general, but I was like more consciously closing my mouth and opening my ears Mm -hmm. to what was around me, you know? Yeah. Um, And it like profoundly shaped my experience there. Like I felt 
so much more grounded and rooted in what was going on in terms of my interactions with other people and my conversations with other people than I would have been had I not that had intention. And I also was listening to my own self and my own needs a lot more. I like discover that on the first day. Mm-hmm. So like on the first day, you know, you're all excited. You're like just anywhere when you go on a trip, you're excited because you're right. like in a new place, you're around new people. And we had a dinner planned the first night. And I got to my sweet, gorgeous place, and I was like, ooh, there's a bath here? And I was like, Mm. I felt myself being called to take a bath. And, like, Mm. dinner was right around the corner, but I was like, I'm going to take this bath. So I, like, drew a bath, put Epsom salts in there, which they had for us. And I, again, I listened to my body. I listened to myself. I took a bath. I was late for dinner, which... You know, again, I'm social. I love people. Right. But I didn't care. And it was cool because when I showed up at dinner late, I, like, said hi to the only friend that I knew there, Paul. And um, he was like, oh, like, what did you just do? Because I was late, you know? And I told him, I was like, you know, I I, med- I also meditated. I was like, I meditated and I took a bath. And now I feel so good. And there was a girl at the table who later I, I later on um, we connected. Her name is Ellie. She has um, this mindful meditation mm-hmm. space in New York. She was just like, you really spoke to me. You told me that. She was like, I could tell that we were going to connect right away Aww. because you were mindful and you listened to your body and you shared that and I connected with that. Mm. So it also inspired and affirmed someone else, you know, because right. um, she has her own mindfulness practice that she tries to carry with her wherever she goes. So it was like an amazing moment of like, wow, not only did this intention encourage me to be mindful, to listen to my own self, but at the end of the day, it also inspired someone else too. Right. So I just... It's just great. It's just great. So we're so excited to um, get <laughs> into job, yeah. the conversation with our special guest um, in Kate and Jaka. She is someone who's really special to me because she encouraged and, and, and really pushed me to do yoga teacher training three years ago. So um, I'm going to share a little bit about her and then in Kate, we'll get into it with you. Um, so Nkechi Diana Jaka is a neuroscientist, multidisciplinary artist, and integrated lifestylist, combining her backgrounds in neuroscience, dance, nutrition, and fashion to create a mindful and creative space for individual consulting, coaching, and content creation. She is a self-identified multi-ethnic woman of color, deeply concerned about personal and global well-being, progressive and radical wellness for the critical and creative thinking. She attended Scripps College in Claremont, California, where she majored in neuroscience and dance and went on to complete a master's of science degree in neuroscience at the University of Edinburgh. She is the founder of NDN Lifestyle Studio and the co-founder of Sitting Matters. We're going to chat about all these things with you and Keiichi. Yay. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Um, so excited to be in conversation with you guys. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you here. We are. We are. And a little like side note to all of this, just full disclosure for our listeners. We actually recorded and and had a really great conversation with NKG several weeks ago. And the audio just didn't sound right. That mug was ratchet. <laughs> okay. Um, but what I think is so beautiful is, like, right before we hopped on this call right now, I made a comment about how I hate wasting time, and I felt so bad that it didn't work out. And you were like, no time is wasted time. And that was really sweet. That was very sweet. <laughs> very it's true. Sweet. <laughs> it's really true. Um, yeah, I'm just happy to be in conversation about wellness and mindfulness again, because I it's so relevant. It's always useful to chat about how we can be more present in mm-hmm. our day to day and like what comes up for us in being present. And it's, yes. it's cool to kind of dig in there. Definitely. So let's dig. 
All right, yeah, all right, dead. all right. <laughs> so um, my question to you, um, just to you know, start it all off, is like, what inspired you to go this route? Like, why was mindfulness something that you needed to emphasize in your life and to inspire Ooh. other people to do the same? Yes. Okay. So I, when I was younger, um, I really struggled with anxiety. And I realized that I felt like I had a lot of physiological symptoms from anxiety, which I am sure we've all experienced. Anytime we have stress, it's kind of similar. Mm -hmm. um, and then having like full on panic attacks are like pretty debilitating. Um, and this started to happen around age 16. And I noticed that I didn't feel like I, I felt um, a stronger sense of like who I was in my body when I was dancing or running. And so, um, that's kind of when I started paying attention to this connection between the brain and the body. Mm. And I went on to study both. Um, as you mentioned, um, I, I, I'm a dancer, so I was dancing and I knew that like movement helped me to ground. And that was also really useful when I was experiencing um, anxious feelings. But I also was really curious about what was actually going on in my brain when I was having anxiety. And so through my research and studies, I learned... Um, that the brain is really plastic and we can kind of train it to be different in order mm -hmm. to help us and heal us. And so that was what my research as a neuroscientist um, ended up being. And I worked with different pain populations to kind of figure out um, how meditation, mindfulness meditation changed the brain and changed behavior. And then I was like, holy shit, everyone should know this. <laughs> yeah. Like this could help everybody, not just people suffering from chronic pain or like specifically addiction or depression, but it could be preventative health. Like if you're using it to heal people, like once they were sick or had disease and right. we could do, we could do it before and like maybe not have those things happen. So that's when I kind of started doing my own thing. I love that. I love that you emphasize something that um, I think needs to be considered a lot, a lot more than it is right now because it's really, truly radical, which is that quite literally mindfulness and meditation and the combination of the two can quite literally change your brain and change your behavior. Like that's amazing because I think that there's still this notion that a lot of people have that meditation is just like, really woo woo and like really <laughs> spiritual like not that those things are bad but some people are just like what I'm not gonna meditate and it's like okay let's pause here and reflect on the fact that meditation will empirically bring so much to your life um, and that the vast majority of us living on this planet right now are stressed out mm -hmm. um, and a lot of those stressors are within our control not all but a lot of them are so meditation is like literally a radical tool to be able to alleviate or manage or um, like we just chatted about with Dr. Tiffany Lester, um, you know, identify ways to uh, what, what, build up resilience against oh, the yeah. stress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what have you found like in your own personal life, kind of just going off of Dion's question to you, like what have you found now? Um, how has like meditation and mindfulness meditation transformed your health? Mm. Whoa, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. While I was in college studying the brain and even doing my my research as a neuroscientist, I was 
teaching meditation and looking at the research, but I wasn't really in a practice myself. And that didn't come about until several years later when I was going through some really difficult transitions in my life also known as my Saturn return, (laughs) but I was like in between um, jobs and kind of going through a bad breakup and noticing some health issues that I have, um, like digestive issues. And I ended up getting a health coach and doing a lot of yoga and writing and just kind of being really present to what my experience was, kind of trying to figure it out. And um, found that by meditating by way of yoga um, and by way of dance that I stopped having the physiological symptoms of anxiety to the point, like to the extent that I was having them before. So I don't really get panic attacks in the way that I did before. And I, I used to be prescribed antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and um, no longer. So I do feel like my, my sitting practice has really helped um, me be more aware of my own body and also kind of mitigate physiological symptoms, but it also has over time really allowed me to live with more ease, which is amazing. Um, yeah, (laughs) like really amazing that that can happen. Um, and that, that is my experience too. Thank you. When she said ease, it reminded me of our uh, conversation with Hey Friend Hey. Remember she talked about being easeful? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you two remind me of each other too because she talked about just changing her lifestyle and being able to combat a lot of the issues that she was dealing with, you know? So she wasn't able, well, after she, you know, did yoga or changed her diet or changed her entire lifestyle, honestly, um, a lot of the issues that she was dealing with, you know, physically with her body and mental issues or whatever other issues she was dealing with um she was able to like be liberated from that you know what i'm saying and i think that's beautiful too that so many black women talk about ways that they can and kind of heal themselves you know through knowledge mm-hmm. um that's why these conversations are so important because a lot of people feel like they don't have access you know to funds to be able to purchase you know pills or antidepressants or whatever but you can you can easily do meditation at home and it costs you no money you know it just mm-hmm. it costs you your state of mind your willingness to do it you know mm-hmm. um so i really really love that you got that you and and all of our guests on the show have talked about that it's yes. so important you know yes Mm-hmm. And I think, too, what's important about this idea of meditation and also mindfulness is that I found that by teaching meditation, because I, I teach now in San Francisco and all over, um, but I find that the the sitting practice is really kind of our way of like dealing with life, but mm-hmm. then the mindfulness practice is what we're doing day to day. I mean or like kind of integrated approach of of being present. So rather than, okay, I've meditated and now I'm going to go and like be glued to my devices and like, you know, not listen to people when they're talking or like text while I'm walking across the street or whatever we do sometimes out of habit. Um, I think the the sitting practice allows us to really see and address what we're not really willing to deal with, like kind of in our life. And then that awareness is like what brings about the healing, I think, 
um, the more, you know, we have innate wisdom in our bodies and the more that we are listening to what our bodies are telling us, because the body actually is smarter than the brain. Like it knows things before the brain does. This is true. Yeah. Um, and so the, the more we're like connected, the more intimate that relationship is, the, the healthier we're going to be in like in response to, you know, challenging situations, difficult conversations, or even anything really. Um, so I think it's always important to mention that there is this integration piece to mindfulness that can happen. Um, also doesn't cost you any money by just like noticing yeah. what things feel like or noticing the temperature or noticing yeah. what the sun feels like on your face or noticing that like when someone said something that your stomach hurt. I mean, just noticing all these things is so useful to your well-being. So it's that. such good information. I want to talk about how to make meditation a practice because I think that, at least for me, um, I more recently have actually cultivated what I would call has been the first consistent practice. Like before, if you heard me talking about it before a month ago, it wasn't really practice. It was, I, I did it every once in a while. I let it more than I did it. I always appreciated it when I did it, but... I think for something to be a practice, it has to have a consistency to it. Mm -hmm. And I really thank you and Keiichi because you've been telling me about how much it's changed your life for the past probably two or three years now. And all those things I think went into my subconscious and I thought I was practicing it before, but I more recently am. And what I've learned from like the consistency behind it and extending, um, as you call it, a sit for as long as 20 minutes, which is what I've been doing, I've learned that it like trickles into other areas of your life in really interesting ways. Like for example, this morning, I had like kind of a crazy morning. Like I didn't, I the way that I wanted my morning to look was not the way that it ended up looking. And I did not get to meditate this morning, but I realized that because of my consistent meditation practice, I have been more conscious about doing things a particular way. So what do I mean? So this morning, I, like forgot that I had a phone call. So I was like making breakfast while I was talking with this person. And I realized how much I like disliked doing that. Whereas a month ago, I would have done that and been like, oh, I'm multitasking. I'm making, making the most of my time. Mm -hmm. This time I was like, okay, well my brain is now split between these two activities that I really do enjoy because the person I was speaking with is this like dope older black woman yogi who I'm like about to be collaborating with. And then my breakfast was this bomb breakfast. So <laughs> I was like, I wanna be giving my meal my full attention and I wanna mm -hmm. be giving this conversation my full attention. So I appreciated it that even though I was not able to meditate this morning in the way that I wanted to, that I was pulled into the realizations that that meditation has been affording me because of my more critical awareness around mindfulness more broadly, if that makes sense. So yes. um, with that in mind, <laughs> I'm curious for you, like, what do you recommend to people to really feel more of this draw toward the practice because I know how much it's, trans it's been transforming me and I know that it will continue to transform me. But I think that sometimes there's this like challenge around like getting started, you know? Or like you might Absolutely. meditate once and you're like, mm, sigh, and like not go back to it. Right, yeah, <laughs> So how totally. have you like cultivated a joy and like ritual around it or really making it this like sustainable practice? So I feel like my experience in the research is really kind of my motivating factor because I 
I was teaching these patients over and over and over again, and I could see changes happening over time, like in their brain and also in their behavior. And so I just knew, <laughs> I knew that it worked. Like I could see the miraculous events occurring before my eyes. And I think, I think even today I really struggle with like a quote unquote consistent practice because of many variables. I think that a lot of people come up against like time and a quiet space and focus and attention. Am I doing this right? But I think what, I think in terms of like what I tell students, um, like in terms of beginning is to not be overly ambitious and Mm -hmm. really just starting with like a minute or then three minutes and then five. Um, It's quite audacious to be like, okay, I'm going to start meditating and I'm going to sit for 30 minutes every day. Um, Yeah, it's insane. So I think starting with a minute or three minutes or five minutes and really finding what works best. Like if guided meditations work best, um, find... That's uh, my jam. Guided. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I know. Like Mm -hmm. I know um, guided meditations are amazing. And then also apps too. Like sometimes those work. I, I find them to be difficult for me. So I like would rather use a guided meditation um or if you are advanced and are just like you've sat you've sat for a long time before and just haven't made it into your daily routine um putting it in between other things that you do every day is useful um like before you make tea or before you brush your teeth or right after you brush your teeth like something that um can you know it's habit formation so really just putting it in between things that you already already going to do is another tip that I give students. All right, y'all. So I am here chatting with Natalie of Thrive Markets. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? So good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. And I'm excited because I just recently discovered Thrive Market. Um, I understand that you have an amazing mission, which is to make healthy living easy, affordable for everyone. So if we could just start right there with the mission, how does Thrive exactly do this? Yeah, that's exactly what we do. So we are an online store. We sell over 4,000 of the top premium, healthy, organic, non-GMO products and we uh, ship them straight to your door. And the difference between what we do and what anyone else does is that everything that we sell is premium products, but we sell them at wholesale prices, so up to 50% off. Um, And the way that we do that is we have a membership model. So we're $60 a year, and uh, for that price, you get access all year long to all of our products at up to 50% off, like I said, shipped to your door. Um, That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and then our and then the mission part of it is that for every paid membership, we actually donate a membership to a low-income family. Um, so we really want to make sure that no matter whether it's price or geography, uh, everyone has access to healthy living. So much of what you just said, I love. <laughs> so both the um, the give back component, the fact that it's at an accessible price point. Um, oftentimes, when we talk about eating healthy, we have this idea that it's super expensive. Um, and Thrive Market kind of uh, addresses that. So how does Thrive kind of cut those costs and allow for it to be more accessible? Yeah, that's a great question. So we go straight to the brands. Um, We work directly with them. 
um, and we pass all of our savings on to our members. And, and the great thing about being a membership community is that it allows us to fund the free membership to the family in need. Um, so it really allows us to fulfill our mission every single day. I love that. I really, really love that. And I also appreciate that you um, send food to our door because let's be real, so many of us are on the go all the time and we mm -hmm. don't necessarily find time to be able to go to a physical grocery store. Um, in addition to that component, why do you think that those who continue to, to buy into your membership um, continue to stick around? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Lauren. I mean, the convenience is so key. Um, and then I think the second thing is, is the values. So being able to shop by your values, whether you're vegan or gluten-free or paleo, um, literally with one click, you can sort our entire catalog by your value. Um, so it, it allows it to be really easy. There's no more you know, reading labels. There's no more guesswork. Um, Thrive Market has done all the homework for you. Uh, and we've really created a, a curated catalog for, for all of our members to shop. This is so great. So where can everyone sign up and find out more? So you can go to thrivemarket.com to see more um, and uh, get a special offer. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's so great to chat with you. I have a question um, because I, I try meditating every now and then. And it's really, really difficult for me to like silence my thoughts. You know, it's mm, like 5,000 mm -hmm. thoughts just running through my mind. They're all loud when I'm trying to meditate, mm -hmm, like the loudest mm -hmm. they've ever been. You know, how do you, you know, practically <laughs> silence the noise? And I know there are other people out there who feel the same way I do because I've seen memes, I've seen, you know, illustrations depicting women, you know, meditating, and there's like all these thoughts running around. Like, how do you silence the noise? So I have some really great news. Uh, okay. You don't. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think that the the misconception with, like, a sitting practice is that your mind's just going to be blank and off like you would turn off a TV or, like, power yeah. down your computer or phone. And that's just not what the brain does. And it's not designed to do that. It's called death. I mean, unless you're wanting that. But <laughs> it's, like, not really what we're trying to achieve in meditation it's really more of a training um to notice when your mind is not present so that's a very different thing than oh my god would you just turn off brain to wait a minute brain what are you actually exploring right now mm. oh you're like thinking about the grocery list and you are trying to resolve this conflict and then the minute you notice that that's what you're doing it's like wait 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 I'm here in my practice come back to something that anchors you in the present moment which could be your breath or that could be how you feel in your body that could be where you're making contact with the earth or the floor or the seat or your chair or even fabric of your clothing so you can come back to things that are very much rooted in now versus planning or mm -hmm. memory or even judgment or opinions about things like I think our brain is wired to go there but the practice is really the moment you notice that you've gone there and then your choice is coming back to what's present Girl, well, thank you for sending the record straight, honey, because I was like, brain shut off, but <laughs> I do appreciate you for, you know, educating me on that, because I definitely was like, I don't, I don't know if this is right, you know? 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people spend a lot of their time being like, why can't this work? Like, why doesn't my brain just turn off? <laughs> or like, why can't I just like sit in s silence? And um, yeah, that's not what we're doing, really. I mean, so, it'd be cool if you could do that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's really the goal. Um, so I just, yeah, I kind of just am like, no, it's really helpful to name name what's what you're thinking and then come back. Thank you for that. Um, I think something else that's really compelling about you both as a guide around these things as well as a practitioner is that um, you don't just meditate while sitting, that's one way, but you also are a big advocate for like moving meditations, dance, yoga, etc. So could you talk mm -hmm. about like some of the reasons for why you advocate for you know, meditating while sitting still, but also meditating while moving. And I've been the beneficiary of your moving meditations, and I've always really gotten something out of them. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah, so, so like I just shared in the examples of how you would ground in the present moment, and that can happen anywhere, right? Like if, you, if you're like in your commute and you're on the bus or the train and you're feeling really like out, and not present like you can always just be like okay what is my breath doing do I feel my feet on the floor like you can just get super present by paying attention to your body and I think that is why I think moving meditation is just so beautiful because you have all this space and room to explore this thing that we're in <laughs> our body and all of the sensation and there's just so much depth um, and so much beauty and so much richness and just exploring this thing that we're in. <laughs> and I know that's a little bit esoteric, like just in my way of explaining it. But I also find that like yoga, like sinking your breath to movement is just also very healing. Um, and knowing that you have breath, it's like the expression of being alive. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just this like, oh, it's just beautiful. Um, and I think with dance in particular, why I'm just really obsessed with moving in that way is that part of what I'm interested in in cultivating a practice is really a figuring out the self. So training the mind allows us to understand our own mind and watching our emotions under, like allows us to understand our emotions. It, it helps us understand who we are mm -hmm. as a human being. And I think that physically is expressed through the body so dance is like just a beautiful way to like understand yourself and understand others and that's another reason why I love dance <laughs> so much <laughs> I would like to um, talk about another aspect of, of mindfulness and it relates to this article um, that you wrote a long time ago about uh, mindfulness in like your living space and you talked mm. about how you oh, know yeah. when you got rid of things that um, you know you're your mindset changed, like it changed your energy. Oh, this is what you said. I think you said something about like everything in your in your space holds energy. Mm -hmm. And that's extremely important to be mindful of because sometimes like we have things lying around in our spaces that we absolutely cannot stand. Yes. And every time we look at, you know, look at it, we're bothered by it. I want you to talk more about that. And um, I know recently, you know, you did some type of arrangement with your apartment yes. where you got rid of some things. Well, and I just mm -hmm. want to interject here just because I'm sure everyone will want to read this. The, the article 
that Deanna was referring to is combating fears of abundance, what to take in as you clean out. So just look for it on Black Girl Know. Yes, it is that piece. Like, you know, since I've moved, I've definitely been taking note of everything you said. So, like, I completely left the things that annoyed me. I was like, I'm not taking it with me. Even if I have to buy something else, like, I'm not going to take it with me um, because I don't <laughs> want it to affect my energy. Like, when I go into my home, I want to feel happy. I want to feel loved by the things that I have in there, you know? Mm. So, and I, I thank you for writing that article because it really got me, you know, got my ducks in a row. But <laughs> I'm yeah, happy can you to hear that. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think what we aren't. Mm hmm. Sentiment, memory, like value. Thoughts. I mean, like if you think of like, it's like, you know, if you t like if you find it, it's like oh, like either or maybe it's great. You find it. Like, oh my god, I love that person. But like, I'm just thinking of my past partner. I'm like, no, I really want to find their yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. It just holds like it just holds your experience. Um, part of that I think is because like returning back to the body, um, or anything that has physical matter, but like the body remembers and like holds memory and fascia. Um, and so it, I kind of feel like it's similar to that in that like, okay, if we can remove the things that are just not creating ease and joy and love, then it's kind of doing the opposite. So mm. it's just taking up space and, and energy. And I don't know that I'm like, I don't know what the science is behind that. I'm sure there is, and I'm sure that it could be better articulated by like feng shui specialists. But I just know that when I've moved things out of my space, I physically making room for more things and then energetically yes. and spiritually making room for the things that I want. Like, love or travel and adventure or um more recently i i pulled more clothes out of my closet this past weekend and was just kind of going through and it was actually a sad process like i am traveling this summer and um was just kind of going through the things that i might want to take with me and just noticing that there are pieces that i never wear and i was like oh that's kind of sad like why is it in here like i just felt a certain way about it and then I was like, well, now I need to go out and buy more things. And like that kind of made me sad because I was like, I don't even know what I want. And right, then I ended up, yes. <laughs> like it was just weird. Like mm -hmm. I just didn't know why I was feeling sad. And then I, um, I have a client that I work with who is a designer and she had this gorgeous jacket that I ended up taking with me. And I'm like, okay, this is what I wanted. Like this, I'm way happier to put this in my closet where yes. there's space. But it was kind of sad to like have like a little bit more room. Um, but also in this practice, it's like noticing when, what comes up for you. And then like also really being okay with what comes up. And I think I alluded to this earlier when I was talking about how the, the sitting practice is really like that container of how we like deal with the things that come up outside of the practice. And I think, um, I think that this is a good example of, of that in practice. It's like, okay, well, why did this, why did, why was I having those sad feelings and maybe a sense of loss or maybe like a sense of detaching, um, or unknown, like what's going to happen when I 
am no longer in my physical space. And so anyway, yeah. that's probably a major tangent, but no, um... it's, it's an important <laughs> tangent though. And it's so crazy. Like I haven't even gotten to talk with you. We have to do our own little catch up sesh, obviously, but, um, a few weeks after you wrote that piece, which inspired me, mm-hmm. then I did the Cone Mari method in my home. And I don't, I haven't told you that. I don't think, no. right? <laughs> no, 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 no. So, <laughs> yeah, I've just seen so much of what you wrote about in that piece come to life because, like, for example, before doing that method, which, you know, is this method of tidying up your space and having everything have a specific space and a particular way of being in your space as well. I have, that's what's allowed me to have physical space to be able to feel at peace, to be able to have my meditation practice in my home. Mm. That's beautiful. Like, because, I mean, literally, I'm able to now practice in my room without having all this stuff on the floor. And, like, I feel like people who don't know me maybe have this perception that I'm, like, a really tidy person. I'm not. Dion, you can attest. You see my bedroom. <laughs> you, saw it, you saw it before, didn't you? Yeah, I was the person who thought you were really tidy. Yes. You know, that's because you and are tidy you, in every other aspect of your exactly, life. Exactly, yeah. But I understand. You know, we need to, you need an outlet somewhere. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, yes. You know? So, but having this very particular way to organize, I'm someone who likes to know the best way to do things, you know? I don't want to just know how to like tidy my space. I want to know the best way to tidy my space. And then I have a method for doing it. Now that I have one, I feel so much freer. And I really love what you shared in that piece about like, um, like basically like suggesting that like the way that you organize your space and what you have and don't have can call in certain things, can signal certain things to be mm-hmm. drawn into your life. And that's how I feel. Like that's, I've seen that happen. I've seen a ripple effect Mm. happen after going through and being more mindful about everything that I carry. So, mm-hmm. ooh, you, you, since we're talking about like home and spaces and things like that, um, this reminds me of. I know I keep talking about my moving situation, but it's. I mean, I, all of this just involves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, when we first went to Hyde Park, uh, we were like, okay, you know, let's try to find a cute apartment, and we were like, oh, let's get a two bedroom, right? And our reasons were absolutely insane. We we're just like, oh, <laughs> you know, we want to make the other room a little studio or, oh, when company comes over, you know, they can have somewhere to sleep. And so we were exploring apartments and, um, you know, we saw some two bedrooms and they were much more expensive, of course. And so I wasn't at peace with it. I, I was like, you know, I'm just I feel like this is not what I'm supposed to do. Right. Something was tugging inside of my spirit saying, Dion, do not get a two bedroom apartment. Like, no. And so I sat down one evening and I thought about like, what is important to me? Like, what is a priority for me? I'm like, OK, I like natural lighting. Um, you know, I want um, if the lowest rent possible so that I can be able to travel more often instead of spending all that money, you know, for my rent mm-hmm. and then especially for a bedroom that I'm not even going to use, even though I say I'm going to use it, you know? Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm not going to get the two bedroom. I'm going to find a one bedroom and just be mindful of the things that I bring with me when I relocate to this new spot. Um, and so by doing that, you know, I just, I feel like I definitely made a very, very wise decision. Um, I feel completely, you know, satisfied and happy with um, the space that we have. Like it's enough room for two people. I mean, it's very, very spacious. It's way bigger than my other apartment because that mug was freaking, that was a box. It was like a shoe box in there, <laughs> but it was really cute, but it was, it was small. But um, I, you know, I took what you wrote in that article and I was just like Dion like pay attention to your body pay attention to your mind um, pay attention to your intuition you know obviously you know 
getting a two bedroom that's more expensive is not a priority for you right now. So don't do it. Yeah. Um, and be mindful of how are you, how are you going to operate in this space? How are you going to use this space? And I'm like, I don't need I don't need it for a studio. I literally don't need it or, you know, for people to come over because people don't come over that often. You know, I just wanted it just to be wanting it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so once I sat down and really paid attention to my thoughts, I was able to make a decision that I was very, very happy with. I love that. Yeah. I love that, too, because I think so much when we're not checking in with like what like I loved your whole process, too, around it, like, well, what is really a value to me? And like, why am I saying that I want this when like this will actually be perfect, you know? And mm-hmm. I think I think sometimes we it's like being in our head versus like just being in our entire body and like yes. thinking, you know, like really feeling out like, OK, well, what can I what do I actually want and what do I need like what do I want to call in then because these are the things that I value most and it really takes like a moment to pause and just assess that and I think often we don't do that we just like have these like very cerebral lists of okay well this is like this is going to mean this so Mm -hmm. this is why this is really important um when sometimes that's not even the case (laughs) So I do have another question for you. What, uh-huh. How would you define mindfulness? Oh, I love this question. Um, in fact, on my, um, on my ride here just not too long ago, um, my driver was talking to me about what I do and what I'm up to today. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be on this podcast and talking about mindfulness. And so he asked me this question. So I'm somewhat prepared to answer. Oh, yes. Awesome. <laughs> so really simply, mindfulness is presence and being in the moment moment to moment and what's cool about mindfulness as opposed to awareness is that it has this lens of loving kindness and compassion Mm. and I think that those words are beautiful obviously standalone but I think when we look at our present reality whatever that is when we include loving kindness, compassion, other things follow like acceptance, allowance, ease, okayness. A lot of the things that get forgotten about when we are catastrophizing a situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's these elements of really seeing things for as they are and then keeping that space really open to allow other things to be there too. like wisdom and beauty and insight um and so yeah that's why I like the loving kindness compassion part um rather than just I'm aware yeah like you know that was um, such a gorgeous description it was like very moving that was beautiful it really resonated Mm. with me too because I recently came up with um a new kind of declaration over my life like as you know I come up with mantras every single month but this one's like the one that all others will spring from now (laughs) Mm, I Um, love it well because on my on my retreat we came up with these I am here to be statements and they were developed over Mm. the course of like a lot of self-development work so it wasn't just like "Ooh, what's a challenge I've been faced with lately let me just write something that speaks to that which is what I do often and that's fine but it was like it was like after like hours of work essentially and yoga and kundalini and all that stuff So basically what you just defined mindfulness to be is my statement over my life 
<laughs> which is crazy. Amazing. So my oh, yeah, my, so perfect. <laughs> like it's literally perfect though. So it's um, I am here to be self compassion and self forgiveness. Because basically, like, I am here to be, that to me is just a statement in itself, in and of itself that speaks to mindfulness. Like, you're aware that I am here and you're aware that you are being. So then my statement about self-compassion, self-forgiveness speaks to what you said is important for mindfulness to be and that what, what distinguishes it from awareness, right? Like, mm-hmm. that you are not just aware that you are here, but you're aware in this way that's also loving to yourself. Mm-hmm. So you just like affirmed me is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> I think mindfulness, um, it signals his proactiveness towards mm-hmm. things. Whereas aware, you can be aware and just, you know, just be chilling. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to act on, on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love about mindfulness. Like this entire time you talked about, okay, being mindful, but you follow that up with some, with some type of action, which yeah. is so important in order to reap the benefits that you've experienced in your life. And same with Lauren and me at times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful uh, mantra for the month or for it the year came, or for it, your life. For my life. It's my <laughs> new, like if I got a tattoo one day, which I don't think I will, I would get something that speaks to that on my wrist. I have the place for it. So. Yeah. That's dope, though. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And it starts I off a great that. conversation. Mm-hmm. So, Ngechi, you also have an amazing, more recently developed project, Sitting Matters. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yes. Uh, Thank you for asking. Um, So, yeah, I believe sitting matters. (laughs) We do, too. (laughs) Yeah. um, My business partner and I, um, about a year, maybe a little bit over a year ago, I guess we're in June now, so a year and a half ago, kind of met around this um, challenge we were having in our sitting practice, which was that our legs were falling asleep. And this Mine is Mine always do. <laughs> this is really common for practitioners that are sitting for longer than 15, 20 minutes. Um, and so I also had noticed that when I was looking for meditation cushions that I didn't find anything that like I really felt belonged in my home. So going back to this, like <laughs> this that thing we were talking about with space and like really, um, yeah, honoring your space uh, yeah. by the things you have in there and the things you choose to, to take out. So I just wasn't putting, you know, a meditation cushion off of Amazon that was, you know, that you see often. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't want that in my, in my home that didn't, that didn't in- invite me to sit for longer and it didn't command or honor really my practice, which can sound really superficial, but I actually don't think it is um, in the context of energy and um, value and um, even like what invites us in to, to do things. So um, we designed a meditation seat and um, they're beautiful. We are very thoughtful in choosing the fabrics and they're really designed for the home and for the home practice. So they sit a little bit higher than most meditation cushions. We call them a seat because they're little pieces of furniture and we really do want to elevate the practice, like the idea of even practicing um, with something that's a little bit more grounded than a cushion or a pillow. A lot of people are like, oh, I love your, your meditation pillows. And like that to me even suggests lounging and like sleeping mm-hmm. and the practice is about being awake. So, mm. um, so yeah, that's, that's what we beautiful. do. 
Um, and Sitting Matters, just the name came up because <laughs> we like brainstormed a bajillion names. I'm sure you guys know that process. And um, yeah, we're just like, well, what, well, what really matters to us? And we're like, sitting. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> And then we, like, checked to see if the domain name was there, and it totally was. We're like, okay, that's it. That is so key. For anyone out there with an idea, buy that domain name now, okay? (laughs) Yeah. And check across channels, too, because, like, the domain name was there, and then Instagram was there, and Facebook was there. And we're like, okay, it's it's a sign. Um, But, yeah, we really wanted – we were originally thinking that Sending Matters would be the name of a campaign. So we would, um, we, we plan to do a lot of different activations in the next year. But first, we really wanted to develop the product and be really, really, really stoked on, on it and like really be almost evangelical about it. And I feel like we achieved that. Like we went through 23 <laughs> iterations wow. um so we're really really happy with good with what we have now yeah i can't wait to sit on one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm sure dion will shoot one mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes yes, yes. <laughs> well great um is there anything that you think that you know we haven't been able to discuss that you think is absolutely important for someone considering taking up mindfulness and or meditation as a practice in their everyday lives hmm I think um, really speaking to your life mantra, like the the self love and compassion. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, self, self yeah. well, self compassion and self compassion and self forgiveness. Forgiveness, yes. So those are like the key components of of beginning a practice, and um, and it's it's something really to be nurtured and also to think of as nourishing um, and nurturing. So there's so many ways to like engage with what the practice as a thing is doing and moving through you. And I think um, it's really it's really hard to see and understand at the beginning, um, but it is this really beautiful place to be. And I, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm probably sounding pretty woo-woo, <laughs> we <laughs> which like is it. fine, <laughs> which is fine. But I think, um, especially for those of us who are creative and, um, well, we're all really busy and managing different things and lots of different feelings are coming up, especially right now. And I think it's just a really beautiful tool to navigate your okayness in all of it, um, it's almost like you can return back to yourself because you are this like beautiful, deep entity. Um, and the practice lets you explore that in, in many, many ways. And, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's the only thing I would want to say is, that's great. yeah, be it, be encouraged and be inspired to, to inquire. I think that's key because it does bring up a lot that you might not have otherwise been able to like, see you know Mm -hmm. because when else are we getting that closely in touch with like our spirits and our minds and our Mm -hmm. thoughts and our bodies um you might in other ways of course but I would say most people don't I -hmm. didn't I didn't Mm -hmm. and I was practicing yoga I was trying to eat as healthy as possible I was trying to be as loving as possible but something else was like additionally awakened throughout the practice of, of mindfulness and meditation so I think it's great that you mentioned that thank you Mm -hmm. you're welcome (laughs) 
So where can our community find you, hang out with you, connect with you, get a cushion, you know, all Oh, yes, yes, um, all the things. So I'm based in San Francisco, and so I teach a regular class here, um, Mondays at the Pad, um, <laughs> for those Bay Area people. Um, but I do travel. I'm actually traveling all summer. Um, so I'll be teaching a little bit in London and uh, Berlin actually um, yes yeah, so I'll be I'll be around I do have guided meditations available um, online and um, for seats sitting matters um, shop sitting shop dot sitting matters dot com and to join our content email list is sitting matters dot com and for those listening uh, we do have a special um, code for Black Girl and Um listeners. So that's just B-G-I-O. You can type that in as our promo when you check out and you'll receive um, a discount. Lovely. And yeah. Um, and then what, did you have another question? Where? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are the things. Um, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> Seriously. Our listeners are definitely going to appreciate all this mindfulness talk because a lot of questions they, they, well, that we have, I'm sure they have too. So yes. mm-hmm. thank you for educating mm-hmm. us and uplifting us, sister. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you soon. I mean, you're always sharing with our community all of your amazing articles for our online publication and you know, we'll continue to collaborate. So mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. all love and cage you like we do, she'll be around. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 Hey, y'all, it's Lauren. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Again, our abundant sponsor is Thrive Market. Their mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They offer an online membership for really great discounts, and I mean really great discounts, off of healthy, non-GMO, organic um, food items that you would not be able to get for the same price everywhere else. So be sure to go to thrivemarket.com BGIO to get 25% off of your first order. Hey guys, to stay in tune with Black Girl and Ohm, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Black Girl and Ohm, and follow us on our amazing website where you can find our amazing stories and photographs and everything else at www.blackgirlandohm.com. Special thank you to Post Loudness, our network. They are fantastic. You know, there are so many great stories that people of color, women, and queer folks want to tell but don't have a place to share them. Post Loudness wants to create a community of unique voices and audio, so check out postloudness.com to see what other podcasts they represent. Um, special thank you to the co-founders of Post Loudness, Cher Vincent, James T. Green, and Alex Cox for their support. Um, special love to our um, podcast audio engineer, Aline Kaza. And uh, last but not least, the lovely gentleman behind the music on the show, Khalid B. and Peter Espenson. Don't forget to breathe easy. 